Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Ooh, baby, we got a wild one for you this week. We are both half asleep, and we're having a wonderful time. That's right. It's time for the zombie prom. We are watching this episode five of Dragula Titans. And guess what, baby? Just when you thought it was over, the twink drama is back. That's right. There's there's a three-way dramatic interaction. There's a whole lot of pig brain that looks really pulley on the screen. Like a cheese pool. Like a cheese pool. We dig you a hole. And uh, there are zombies going to prom. There's a twist. There's zombies. It's prom. And someone falls at the end down a tunnel. That's right. Enjoy this um, episode. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta... Enjoy. M. Oh. M. Mom. When first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Hello, slops, and welcome to Spooky Seconds. I'm Meatball, and that's Big Dipper. Hello, and we are your goulash Goulash ghouls. ghouls. And welcome back to Spooky Seconds. This is episode five of our coverage of Dragula Titans. And what's fun about this episode is that we We just watched it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it just came out. The minute it came out, we watched it. And now we're heading to the the airport at 4 a.m. And Meatball's then going to watch it again and talk about it again at Roscoe's in Chicago. Roscoe's in Chicago. And I, weirdly, am also going to be in Chicago, but not at the gig. No, you're going to be at a funeral. (laughs) Very on brand. Ooh. Last week was Dungeons and Drag Queens Part 2. It was the acting challenge out on a location. And everyone got hot. And everyone was just hot. It was so hot. (laughs) Everyone was just behaving fine. Okay, so now this is episode five. This is zombie prom. Um, And when the monsties come into the boudoirs, um, it's like a cute little prom moment. There's like a disco I, ball and some tinsel I curtains. I thought disco. I went immediately like, oh, they're going to do like murder, murder on the, the dance floor, <gasps> murder at the disco. Like there's going to be something really fun. And it was like prom, which is cool. And also I think we didn't call it this. Ours was just the basic bitch, basic bitch challenge. But that's the challenge that I won. I've never. Well, <laughs> Ta-da. Well. Well. I, <laughs> We've talked about this. I've never watched Dragula season one. I know. How many uh, episodes? You made it to the top three or the top four? Four. I'm in every episode except for one. (laughs) Okay. So, of course, at the start of each episode, they talk a little bit about what happened last week. And Melissa is still upset that her team was in the bottom. As you recall last week, the judges said to her, you would have been in the top, but your whole team sucked. Yeah. And she is hell-bent to blame that suckiness on Astrid. Because Astrid popped off at the director. Yes, which we didn't get to see, so I'll never know like what we'll actually never happened. No. Like I want to know if they were popping off. And then of course Coco was like, Yeah, I think you were doing too much. And everyone was going back and forth about it. And I was just like I loved when Melissa was like talking about how unprofessional people were acting. She was like, on season one, we were in a trailer with no AC. We were all fine. You were all complaining. And then they cut to that Coco interview and Coco's like, one thing you need to bring to this competition is professionalism. And something something that Astrid and Eva did not pack was that. And I was like, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Wait, so you put it in Coco your bag. Coco really was giving in the confessionals this episode. 
Oh, so you put that professionalism in your bag. Oh, you know, I, the airport lost my bag. They lost the bag. They lost I'm the sorry, bag. Babe. And it didn't have an air tag in it. Um, Everyone says Astrid and Victoria were the problem on set. And oh, right, because Victoria was... around on set. They really did say that. They were like, everyone was saying, like, Eva was this, and Victoria didn't know her lines, and Astrid was back-talking. I'm like... Hot off the presses, I have some... Fresh hot news, which what will come it? into play a little a little bit. But Coco's talking about how someone sabotaged her and she didn't have the right script and some of her costume was missing and da-da-da-da-da. I have it on good authority that Coco, and you said that she wasn't doing gibberish. She was. She was doing gibberish because she didn't know her lines. Do you think she didn't know her lines because someone switched out her script? So she was. I don't like understand not- if someone switched out her script. Why can't why can't if they all four have the same script? She can't just walk over to someone else's script and go, "Let me read my lines off your page." Maybe they gave her the other team's script. It just does. It's not adding up. It's not adding up. Victoria Elizabeth Black comes back, baby. Now, this was an expected scenario. Yes. She's just leaps and bounds of a technician. Everyone's face when Abora even posited that she wasn't coming back. Everyone was just like, what? Why would you even say that? I was like, baby, no no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade, but that's going to be Victoria Elizabeth Black clacking through here. Absolutely. Um... Um, she comes back in. They're yes. going off about the shooting again. And Victoria and Astrid still don't think that they were problematic at the Ren Fair. And Coco and Melissa don't see how they don't see it. And Astrid basically says, wait, no, isn't it Coco? Who says? It's funny how the two people that were the problem can't see that they were the Coco. problem. Coco oh, says Coco? it. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically Astrid just says, like, at first I thought they were going to talk more about, like, Eva having a panic attack. But it seemed like they really landed on Victoria not knowing her lines and Astrid trying to control the situation. And also Astrid kept saying in this moment, she was like, well, I often have to step up as a leader and speak for the group. And everyone in the room was like, a leader? A leader? We never asked you to be a leader. We didn't have a a leader. leader. Who said leader? Honey, baby, I said L-I-T-R-E, House of Latre. She would, she would probably do well on this show. Oh, she would she'll eat, eat anything. She would eat it on up, and she would give you good TV drama, not no twink drama. I mean, she's a grown up twink. She's a grown up. She's a tall twink. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so Astrid makes a claim. She says, "You know what, motherfuckers." She basically says what Alexis Mateo said on um, All Star season one. Wait, what? When she says, every single one of you motherfuckers. I'm coming for every single one of you motherfuckers. They each, they're all saying it. At some point, they all say it. Abora said it. Victoria came back in the room and said it too. Astrid says, I'm no longer going to be a team player. I'm no longer going to speak up for other people. I'm playing for me. I am she. I am her. Her. Number one. It is me. And then they were like, and we found a moment where she's taking a breath. Hit the alarm. She's she's we inhaling and cut her off. <laughs> Play her music out. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, attention competitors. Make your way to the main stage. And they talk challenge, baby. And welcome to Monster High. Just in time for graduation. And a special and today what? You read that. Welcome to Monster High. Just in time for graduation and a special two-part floor show challenge. There's a basic butch, oops, a basic bitch high school prom look where the queens need to try to look beautiful and basic as possible and One. a transformation into a zombie as if they've been bitten by a zombie. Thoughts? I love it. I think it's great. It's a two-parter. You know what I mean? The floor show is going to be a little bit longer this time. Take up some more of that talking time. A little bit longer? Miss Floor Show was the whole ass thing. She was the whole damn thing. Yeah, she was But at least it was drag and not just people in a room talking. So then the Fright Feet they announced, they say, everyone has to eat a full plate of real pig brains. They have to fully consume it. And everyone must participate and complete the challenge because if they don't, you remember this rule, 
the last eliminated queen is coming back. So I honestly And you know she'll come in jeweled shoe first. And honey, she'll come and eat those big brains because Miss Erica ate everything on her plate when it came to the hot sauce challenge. Absolutely. Now when and they said this, uh, they who did really you think harped was on this rule. I thought Erica was coming back. Oh, I did too. But who did you think when they were like, who's going to eat these? Who did you think was going to win? Because I can tell you, I did not think it was going to be Eva. I I feel like the strong-brained people are like um, Eva and um, Melissa and Coco. Those are people who can just like zone out and do it. Everyone else is like too worried about their boyfriend or whatever yeah. and their love triangle to like eat 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 straight. The other I'm thing gagged. is, I'm looking at your note here really quick. Where it says Abora is a vegan, but she's still eating it. I don't. I don't think Abora is a vegan. She's making reference to the Loris joke, oh, where she Abora's said, not a vegan. "As a vegan for three years, I will no longer be eating this." Not tonight. And then I kept screaming, "Not tonight!" In another episode, and then it became like a thing. So let me. So let it's me, an inside joke. Let me. Let me ask and you a the question here. One, the little one used it. What for? For a long time. For a long time, you've you've tried to separate yourself from this brand. I'm just telling you what the <laughs> why they they keep saying not tonight. But now you really keep saying on my season when we did this challenge. Well, because I can talk about your, this. Put yourself back in. Okay, so I'm let not me ask putting you. myself back in this hell hole. Did you? I know that's the setting. Remember, they're in hell and then they they're drop back down. Yeah, it's the whole thing. On your season, did you eat the pig brain? No, I was supposed to, but then they saved me and made Vander eat it to prove that she was, uh, I think Vander. Yeah, I think that's how it went. So it wasn't everybody had to eat it. No, no, no. Just it, on our season, it was just the people in the bottom had to do the fright feet. Like all the oh, other they were seasons. at the end, not at the beginning. Yeah. It was like the challenge, the extermination yeah. challenge or whatever. Yes. And at the end of our zombie challenge, that's what happened. And it was Loris versus Vander. Yes, but I think it was supposed to be me. And Got I wouldn't it. have done it. And so Loris said <laughs> out loud. Because I've been vegan for three years, or something about being vegan for three years, but I'm going to eat it. I'm not going home, not tonight. And then and you then kept saying I not jo- tonight. And then the next morning or whatever, we were like in the dressing room and I thought she had gone home. So I kept screaming like, not tonight. I'm Loris and I'm not going home. Not tonight. And then I had like everyone in the room doing it. And then um, Loris came back. And then you're saying that on this episode, at one point, Swanthula says, not tonight. Not tonight. Referencing you referencing it. Or referencing um, Loris. But it is me because I quoted it saying, not tonight. And she never said, not tonight. So she is quoting me. So So what you're saying is, they still see you. I think they still see me from season one. I've seen her before. Little pom poms on the bodysuit. Pom poms. Little so Astrid is vomiting. Okay. Coco is gagging. Why did the brains look like pulley? It didn't look like what I thought a brain would look. Brain like. looks like what? Would you say pulley? <laughs> it looked like like a cheese pull. What did oh, you notice? You're, you're, that you're they using kind of... you're using pulley as an adjective. <laughs> Yes, they looked it as though pulling. they could be pulled. <laughs> I don't but you know, know what I mean? mean? Like, I thought that a, a brain in my mind was more of like a solid You think it's like cauliflower. Mess. I think it's like a cauliflower. Well, not but not that hard. I think, I think it's like a jello. I think it's more like intestine. Intestine. Where well, how come every time I see one in a jar at a museum or at bodies? Don't go to bodies. <laughs> I've but been there like, three times. In fact, they made a movie about it. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Thank you. Um, I think that once it's off the the form, the squiggles are flexible. Now, I wasn't. I they started have a pulley gagging. Sense. Did you gag? No, I tuned out. I'm so exhausted. I was just trying to get through it. I was Next. like, what's going on? So Eva and Victoria are clearly in the zone, and they're just like, nom, 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 And Eva does it the fastest, so she wins. And then everyone else just stops. So this was my question. They made Don't such a big thing. Don't make me do it. They made such a big thing about everybody has to complete it and we're bringing Erica back. But the moment Eva 
goes first. They just meant everyone had to start. Everyone had to participate, but not complete it. I don't know. I thought they said everyone had to complete they did. it. They did say that. Because that's why I thought Erica was coming back, because they were really hammering it home that <laughs> unless you didn't complete it, you weren't going to go. And like forward. literally halfway through a couple bites, Melissa is off frame puking and just sort of like playing sick until someone finished. But see, do you remember when um, Landon Sider puked up the plate and then drank their vomit? Yeah, because Landon is a rock star. Absolute professional. All right, let's take a break. She never leaves that at home, her professionalism. She always packs it. Is that good? I want to go to bed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? No, really. How would you use it, baby? Bad. I always think about my work week and how busy it is, and I'm like, I wish I had an actual weekend. Now, that really comes down to me planning my life a lot better, but I would use it for leisure because I work so much. How? What would you use if there was extra time in your life? If I had more time, I would do more hobbies. I would, like, pick up you more activities hobbies. because I yeah. love hobbies, but I just... I barely have time to do the stuff that I actually have to do. Right. Well, the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more with it. You know, I think therapy, like the biggest thing that I get out of therapy is new directives. Like, oh, try this. Like, make a change in how you think. I think we all think like that's just how my brain works or like this is how I see the world but those things can shift and change and you can learn tools in therapy to be like look at it this way or try a new way of going about a project or schedule your day a little different you, those are things you can talk about with your therapist mm -hmm. if you're thinking of starting therapy give BetterHelp a try it's entirely online and designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapy anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash sloppy today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash sloppy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back, and as we said, Eva is the fastest. She wins an immunity sash that says she's safe, that she carries through to her look, which is really fun. Like, when, when later she's on the the um, floor show, she wears it during the judging. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, Ken is there for a moment to show off his No Israel this week. Girl, uh, I think, they booked, I think I they booked the dolls for, like, one and done. All right, now let's get into the most controversial moment of this entire episode. Um, there's some downtime after the pig brain, and someone starts a cute little moment where Astrid asks Hoso, do you want to be my prom date? And then they cutely pair off, and then well, Coco asks Victoria, and then Eva goes up and asks Melissa, and then poor Abora who, if we recall, has been the scourge of the season for four episodes. Hate that cunt. Making enemies out of everyone, is sadly left in a bit to play with a mannequin instead of a human. A very simple, very easy, little for camera bit, similar in its importance in the world to the tinfoil hat game of episode two. Absolutely. This, this is meant a do -do 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 -do. nothing. Yeah, it was truly just fun games and a little goof for the cameras. And Abora 
decides to play it up and joke around with her mannequin and have a great time. In fact, getting herself solo screen time. And time with a mannequin. Um, so much so the producers put that mannequin in the interview chair. In the interview chair, which I was like, all right, here we go. Um, and then but, uh, what the fuck? I don't happens? know what happens. I don't twink drama. I Hoso automatically is just offended. She feels like they excluded Abora. I can understand this from a, a point of view of being like a victim of bullying and and thinking that like singling out one person, but that is like an overcomplication of what happened, which was yeah, just maybe like if you a had never bit. met anyone or you were in a school or. Or the person you singled out was the nicest person ever, but look at the track record. I'm not, I'm just speaking. I don't purely. understand. Abora has not done anything to any of these girls. Are you kidding? Why, why do you, you think wa- that you she's not the, a nice person? Have you watched the first four episodes? I've been here talking about them. She terrorized them for four episodes. She had a wonderful, and I think it was funny. <laughs> but all I'm saying is like, if if it is a funny and she's like having a good time and making a joke, then this does not matter. Yeah. Like this doesn't matter. And somehow, whether it was because Hoso took it too seriously or Astrid got upset that Hoso was trying to um, make Abora feel better or come to her defense or anything, somehow this innocuous thing turned into the biggest drama of ever this episode. And it p- took us right back to the twink triangle of love that we never I left want to do we never left it we left it kind of last episode well girl i'm i'm jealous of eva and melissa they left it they said mama let's go to the cauldron shortly after coco's like these girls are making out their own choices too. now they said i'm not doing this i'm leaving they're like we know we don't have to do any work today we know we're just going to end up going home and all they want to get is us talking shit for the rest of the day so let's go to the other room because we don't need to be around this. i know but then this begins just more talk about astrid abora and Hoso, and frankly i don't want to talk about it anymore and then astrid and victoria are talking in the cauldron sorry in the boudoir they're having a little chit chat and victoria's like i see you in the top three i think we're gonna do really well together (laughs) and astrid basically just walks away from that conversation to go get mix it up again Uh with hoso and obora like have you okay have you ever been stuck in a conversation or in a scenario in your life that you just like can't stop digging up. Like I have a little frenemy situation that to me dates back to Chicago. And this is with the person that I known from Chicago uh, that I also have interacted with in New York city and in other cities around the country. This is a person who's like in my world, like makes music is involved in DJing and is involved in parties. And we are like friends. And also there's a weird rivalry and I could talk about the situation constantly forever. Like I could always sort of rehash it. And even when I'm inside of it, sort of updating someone on like, Oh, well, this is why we're frenemies. I hate it. I hate that I can bring it up. I hate that I'm still passionate about it eight or 10 years later, but I'm so inside of it. I can't ever let it go. Do you have anything like that in your life? Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) Might it have to do with a a brand and a franchise and a television show? Might have to do with a couple of incestuous brothers. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's like at any given time, you can just still go for it, but you're annoyed that you're doing it. Because I'm just like, ugh, I don't care enough about it. But it's like, if someone asks me, I I start like telling them, and then I'm like, oh, but you got to also understand. And then I'm like, (laughs) why am I doing this? It's It's, not making it better. This is what the twink drama is like 100%. It's never going away. But do you think, I think on the other side of, besides it just being that, that feeling, there's cameras on them. And I feel like they're being like a little pushed to be like, well, go see how she's feeling or something because it like doesn't make sense as to why any of this is still going on. All I want to say is if any of you out there are thinking about going on a reality show and don't you be a, don't date a twink and you find yourself making, making <laughs> drama that really is like, hard to describe and doesn't make any sense to anyone else just steer clear and find a real conflict fucking steal something from someone yeah. 
like, you know, I would actually rather hunt down who switched Coco's script and where her missing pieces of armor went than hear about the feelings Coco- of the, the Twink trio again. You know what I mean? I can I mean I want Coco one of you call in and explain what you mean by your script went missing. Do you mean like you had it and then they gave you the wrong one and then you went back to your hotel room and then someone like, switched the script? Couldn't memorize your line. But see, this is why Coco makes such good TV because it's an accusation. It's a into was, the ether and everyone's like, "Yes, Coco, yes." I was sabotaged twice. It has no detail. But it's not a real point of conflict because she overcame it and won the challenge. So now we just think of her as this badass who has overcome adversity. But there's and no explanation. No one, no one challenged her. And everyone's going to remember, oh, yeah, your script got stolen. She, oh, she really overcame. She's eating it up completely. Um, It's the next day and we're back in that same room. It's almost as though it's not. Coco lets everyone have it. She's like, is that really what caused all that? When they're trying to get down to the um, understanding what started yesterday's drama. Because Melissa and Eva and Coco all left and were just like complaining about the drama, but they weren't paying attention to it. And then it escalated and got worse. And then the tension was really weird in the room the next day. I don't think they really understood that it was about nothing. And in this moment, we at home were all Coco. She was in shock and disbelief. She was like, this is literally what you're talking about? Grow up. Get your head in the game. Get over it. Start focusing on something But then they started real. doing that thing that we were saying that we hate, which is like each one of them had to be like, well, uh, well, no, it started with Astrid being like, this is a real Hoso problem. And then Hoso was like, this seems like it's an Abora problem. And Abora was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Should they all just do sex to one another? I think we, I think that might be what ends this. They my, get up on that trap door and fuck. My favorite thing about... I wrote this here on the outline, but I said Hoso's like Ed Norton at the end of Fight Club when the entire downtown is exploding around him in the building because she literally is sitting there not saying shit and she is the cause of all of this. Like she is the one that made something that wasn't an issue into an issue and sparked the conflict yet again on this episode. She's letting it all burn for her. Um... Oh, yeah, Coco says this trio is all titty babies, and they need to grow up and get their head in the game. And we agree. I agree. She they said, are little titty babies. And they say, what's a titty baby? baby? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a little, it's someone that's always just hanging on to the teat. Just they ain't ready little, to let go. A little titty in their life. All right, well, let's take a break, and then we'll get into the floor show. And we're back. The Blue Lay brothers are in their like Victorian Gothic looks. I thought they ate this up. Yeah, they looked what would you, incredible. What would you Those call wigs, this? ten out of ten. Is this a like Goody say, Proctor? I saw her. I saw Tichuba dancing with the devil. <laughs> um, I yeah, I don't know. It's very Victorian. The hair, the braided hair, like, up in the little, uh, what is that vampire? Dracula? Bram's Bram Stokers, Stokers and her Dracula yeah. divas? That candelabra wasn't lit. It was too Why close to the hair. Why was the candelabra there? <laughs> it's too close to the hair. You can't light a candle that close to all that hair. But spread. also, it's like, they were both standing there and only one of them had a candelabra? Normally I they say, like to be I symmetrical. Really, I all I remember see all I remember was it wasn't lit, but I that's I wasn't focused on it. Maybe it added to the scene. Uh, the guest judges are Barbara Crampton, who was a soap opera star and then was in Chopping Mall, which I've seen, and she went from pretty to scream queen. So I think she's a great judge for this. And then again. To, this is their third time, I believe, to Nana Reeve Du, who 
is a horror novelist and historian. And I think I, we really agreed with their judging last season, but I can't remember what challenge that they were there for, but they were very excited for it. I love that Barbara's wearing a crown. The floor show. Abora is a cheerleader again. <laughs> Wait, was she, she already one? No, it's just like off. It's right. just like so close to it. But, like, a step away. Eva Destruction is a freckled-faced nerd in an 80s dress. She's got an inhaler. She's doing the running man. Loved it. She slayed. Astrid is a beauty queen in blonde hair and pageant jewels. Honestly, I did not recognize her at first. I literally was like, is that Victoria? Is that Melissa? Like, who is that pretty lady? Yeah. It was exciting. But this was the first one that we saw. It was like, oh, they're doing pinks. Yeah. Because, like, Abor was the cheerleader. Eva was sort of in, like, a dark blue. And then Astrid was giving pink. And then Hoso was also a beauty queen. But she had sort of, like, tears painted on, like, glitter tears as if she'd won and she was sort of sobbing. She was she in lost? a pink. Oh, she lost? What if she... You see a girl crying and you think, oh, she won? If you're in a pageant? Baby, you're giving <laughs> as you squat down and they jam, uh, <laughs> they stab they you in the head pins. with the bobby pins because they're mad at you for your yeah. youth. Um, Coco is also in pink. Yeah. Now it's I a big have a pink th- hoop skirt theory. Work. Yes, I was gonna say I have a theory, which is that huge hoop skirt that host uh, that Coco was in later. She has these really interesting um, prosthetic applications where, like, her bones are snapped. Do you think she wore the hoop skirt so she could apply those early for the transformation? That's genius. Yes. Yes. And it was she had hers were big, big, big. Okay. Victoria Elizabeth Black is giving beauty in pink. I love that big bow. I love a fishtail gown. Yeah, I mean, she looked gorge and, like, trend alert, beauty queens and basic bitches wear pink. Um, And then Melissa. I mean. I mean. I mean, Melissa. She was being fierce. You know what I mean? She was. Melissa be fierce. 10 out of 10. I was obsessed with this. She's in the blue velvet with, like, the blue sequins. And it's a corseted top with little pointies out the titties. And a crown, honey. Crown, crown, crown. And another trend alert, a lot of the dolls were wearing or had flowers, like a bouquet of flowers. Yes. Um, And then did you clock the, the thriller? thriller? Yes. The minute it started, I was like, <gasps> and then the little one started talking. Wow. I don't, I don't remember any of the don't, words, don't, but it was don't, like, don't, don't, it don't. sounded like thriller. It sounded like that narration from the top of thriller. And it was basically prepping us for the transformation. Yeah. Now, honey, baby doll, this floor show. I mean, the, the, the gals did their presentation. Then they mm-hmm. were directed to do an entire transition. Yeah. Then they went and actually transitioned into the zombie and then sort of did a lot of the same movement again so that the, in the edit they could shutter cut in between the pre and the post zombie transition. Yeah. But it's like the same movement happening. Like there was a lot of thought that went into this. So much strobe lighting, so many jump cuts. And like, yeah. I feel like this floor show was like, easily 15 solid minutes i yeah i was just like lost in it there's so much going on um i really loved when they later i see now this is one of the things i wish they would have left in earlier when abora did the cartwheel both times and fell both times (laughs) they really only make them look good in the thing yeah because okay so i will say during melissa's first zombie thing or during the zombie portion of it i was like they're not showing her face like every yeah. time they like it's out of focus or it'll be black and then it'll strobe white and then they'll cut like right when you should be able to see her face yeah and i was like oh they're protecting her so that they can later read her Girl, just show me that it looks bad because i could clock it that's how they do it they protect to later read honey mm-hmm. Ernie. well well, any of the zombies stand out to you? 
Uh, I gotta say, Victoria's, of course. And, like, Hostos was interesting because of the face application. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, li- I thought uh, Abora's titties were really funny. Like, and to me, it was the, uh, they were implants. That right. were like sitting atop her body, and now which is why, around. yeah, now they're flopping around because they're just hanging on by whatever. But it is kind of the thing with Abora that every time they're like shooting her for the floor show, she looks like cool and interesting. And then when like the lights come on, you're like, is that what is that masking tape on your face? Like it, it just you're just sort of like, what's happening? You know, that's one of my favorite things. About Abora is yeah, I understand this. Like, like I remember it. when Abora performed at Precinct and like came out from the crowd on like drywall stilts in like a dress made out of balloons, and she was like popping balloons and like crawling through the crowd. It's like with the lighting and the music and the vibe of a show or a nightclub, like Abora is like pitch perfect as a performance artist. And yes, she trips and falls on her heels. And yes, absolutely, she, Who does she stumbles around. We love this. But now she's in this competition and she's going up against people like Victoria Elizabeth Black, who sure she's doing Dragula, but like, baby, she could be on like fucking face off. And some of those like technical makeup shows that have nothing to do with drag sort of persona and performance and everything to do with like straight up application. Like she like moved her eye sockets down. Yeah. That bitch is crazy. Which is why later the little boulet is like, don't do something that you're not great at when you're standing next to someone who's a professional at it. So tell us what that what happened in the Boulet chat. The Boulet chat, they thought that Astrid's basic bitch was great, but that the zombie was middle of the road, which is fine. Uh, Eva's zombie wasn't the strongest of the night, and they said that she needs to go bigger. Like, she needs to start thinking larger. Melissa's performance was killer, but the prosthetics were crunchy. Um, dr- well, they were... Okay, as she said... She made them herself, so leave her alone. Right. Drac thinks that Hoso always looks the same. That's kind of what she said. She was just like, it's always a similar... You can expect the same thing. Abora wore stacked heels again and fell again. What do you do with the competitor who doesn't follow the rules? Well... They decide to flip the script again. But this time they're telling us they're doing it. What were you going to say? That's right. No, I mean, that is the big question. What do you do with a competitor that doesn't follow the rules? And I think what you do is you get rid of her by episode five. You let her make an impression. You let her show out. But if she's consistently not following the rules in a way that is fun to look at but isn't fun to put a crown on, if she was winning every single episode, every single challenge and breaking the rules, I think they would be like, Hey, new rule here at Dragula. If you can outbest us in our judging and and make us, you know, decide something different every single week, you can still win the crown. But that's not what's happening with Abora. Yeah. So let's take a break and then we'll get into what happens here at the end. And we're back. And we're with the judges. And the judges tell Eva uh, that her looks need to be bigger to match her performance. They tell Melissa, she's wonderful. She gets absolutely great techniques and is told not to try to do better at what other people do best. Oh my God, you should just stop reading these. No, I'm going to keep doing it. Astrid (laughs) is told that she might be more alien than gore. She's also uh-huh. told some advice for the future, and that advice is, Mama, switch it up. Right, because the big one says she's just wearing bodysuits with applications on top. That's a re... Well, which is what we told Erica Clash to do later, so maybe our advice was that. Coco's... Um- I thought this this feedback to Coco was great. They basically said, your zombie was the only one that wasn't in pain. Yeah. And like fighting a zombie, you were being a pleasurable zombie, which I think is really cool. And they went ahead and gave her shout out 
to her horror makeup and her like prosthetic application because I think Coco is known. Yes. What she does on her face is really graphic, but ultimately like, you know, it's the kind of like, if you squint, what do you see? And with Coco, if you squint, you always see beauty shine. through. Yeah. And so to see her be really sort of horrific in this, I think it was, they were really, they really commended it. And Coco was really happy to hear that. I thought it was great. And I think that her decision, she always makes the right choice. She always goes comedy. She always chooses the opposite, which is why it's always so successful. Right. Abora was polarizing. Was it bad? Eh. Was it good? Yeah. Was it messy? Sure. Or was it good? I don't know. Was it sloppy? Did you fall? Yeah. I Um, loved it. Victoria was clearly the standout. We already talked about this. It basically was her challenge to lose, and she didn't. Um. And then with Hoso, this was the first time I clocked the thing about the bullying. You know, they said it. They were like, we appreciate that your performance had a nod to slut shaming and bullying in your, like, performance, the story that you told. And Hoso, she can always really tell a story. Now, do you think she took that moment earlier in the episode to highlight the bullying, and I'm doing air quotes, that they were all participating with Abora in order to weirdly tie it into her challenge presentation? Peppy Nips? Yes. No, I don't know. I think maybe she was inspired by that moment, and maybe she feels like they're slut-shaming her for trying to have sex with two people at once. Anyway, the winner is, is Victoria. What, what about her band? What about her boyfriend? I don't know. She still they stopped talking about him real quick. The room got silent. Uh, yeah, like episode so the, one, the room got silent about the BF. I'll tell you that much. The winner is Victoria, and Coco is in second place. Now they made sure to tell Coco she was in second place, even though there is no prize and no responsibility that comes along with it. I think they just wanted to let her know. And remember, earlier in the episode, Coco was like, "Baby, it's Coco time." Yeah. Dum 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 dum. It's Coco time. Yeah. Victoria now has to decide the bottom two, which I think I do like this twist, and I also love that they explained it. How did they need to explain it? Well, because with the other twists, they just kind of happened at us. And there was no ever, there was no explanation. There was no video footage of them telling us it was going to happen. This is the first time that they're like changing something and they're saying that they're changing it. Not a boar is just walking into the room or they just don't vote anymore. Right. They sort of like played around and they were like, you know what, babe? You know what, brother, babe? I'm feeling like I don't want to just decide on my own. I want to get messy. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Now, do you think this was always a pre-planned? Yes, this one feels pre-planned. But do you think it was pre-planned for this episode or just like in your arsenal of tools, when you think it's ready, the winner can decide the bottom two? Or do you think they were like episode five, that happens? I think they were waiting for Victoria to be in the top. Oh, specifically for her to do it. Yeah, because this gives her drama with the other people because she minds her own business. Because she's drama less. I yeah. see. I would feel like it's more fun. Like I would love to see Coco in this position, or I would love to see Astrid in this position because that would be super drama. Because mm-hmm. even though this gives Co- uh, this gives Vicky, I love that they call her Vicky. Love it. Come on, Miss Vicky. Even though this gives Vicky drama with the other people, it's not like what happened in the cauldron was very dramatic. She was like. Yes, I will take technical application into my consideration. Yeah. And yes, thank you for bringing that up. I will also take workroom, environment, and vibe into my consideration. Like, it was very, no? No, that's exactly what she was doing. Yeah, it was, like, so dead. I just, re- I was just, right as you were saying that, I remembered when um, Coco goes, I don't think I need to say why I don't need to be in the bottom. And then she just like, or whatever she said, and then she just took a sip of her drink and a board goes, that was fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Coco, like, Coco I feel d- like it's cool. She these, didn't give a fuck. These competitions, these scenarios, 
there's a way to get really in your head and be really spirally and really like on on your toes about everything. Like I think like Eva finds herself in that position a lot. And then there are people who can kind of relax into it. I feel like Melissa is really often pretty relaxed. Mm-hmm. Victoria is so focused by the work she gets relaxed. And Coco has really hit her stride where she's seeing oh, I know how to make this situation good for myself. I know how to talk to the camera. She's probably on great terms with the producers. Like, everything's coming up Coco in a way where, yeah. like, she's oozing more confidence. She's already confident to begin with, so she's oozing even more confidence. And then uh, Miss Eva this week is uh, Miss Amutati, honey. She's got that safe sash on. Oh, yeah, she has nothing to worry about, so she's fine. She um, even made a point earlier in the episode and said, ooh, I have immunity now. Maybe I can help other people. <laughs> so Victoria goes, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say what it is. I'm just gonna leave and uh, say it out there. And then it's Astrid and Abora. And one thing we just, we didn't briefly say here is that Vicky does go around the room and ask everyone who they think their bottoms two should be. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I was really, really proud of what uh, Melissa said, because she was like, I just want to be, keep it really fucking real. And the twink drama is bringing the vibe down in the workroom. So please just take that into consideration. And of course, like, you know, Victoria did take that into consideration. Because apparently she doesn't like the drama in the room. It stresses her out. And then they show a cut of her being like, ah! And she walks away and I'm like, hello? That seems like real drama that would have been nice to have seen much earlier. I mean, completely. Completely, 100%. So... So... After Nabor in the bottom, they go up the staircase of souls to the ghostly gallery, and they're about to get their pussies popped. (laughs) But isn't this the first time since episode one that the other monsters get to watch the person drop? Yeah, they're all standing in the room. And guess who drops? The same bitch from episode one. I thought they were... Okay, so the minute she said Abora, I thought it was going to be like you predicted in the last episode, where it was Astrid. And then... Where they say Abora, you're safe. Astrid to hell. But they just said Abora, and then cuts to Abora fallen. What if she comes back next week? Like, what if the person in the fright feet doesn't finish? You would love that. You're a fucking Aborapologist. I think it would be really good for the show. Aborapologist. Abor... Abor... You gotta go Hey, everyone. Thanks so much. We really just love watching Dragula Titans. We love talking about it with you. Um, I'm currently looking at a meme. Uh, Meepal, I'll share my screen with you, and maybe you can describe this meme to the... Lovely people at home. Seriously, though. (laughs) Seriously, though. How does Coco Kane sleep? And it's a picture of, um, like, a BBL. It's Coco Kane's body. And it's like we've discussed on this podcast. If she's on her back, there's going to be a huge huge space between (laughs) her shoulders and her lower back. You know what I mean? Uh, And on her front, well, the titties are going to be in the way. So Coco had responded to this and said, bad bitches don't sleep. We take long blinks. Get this shmoney. I can't imagine she's getting much sleep right now. She's probably touring all over and doing and she's club probably just constantly everywhere. wearing a breastplate on an airplane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so next week is Snatch Game. Just kidding. Um <laughs> I literally was like, are they? Oh, oh, I, ooh, I'm excited. Okay, and then just, you know, nail in the coffin on the twink drama when Obora drops. Hosa looks away as if, like, her, her like, wartime lover was getting executed by, like, a firing squad. I like, know, but like, they were all, oh. I mean, the camera cut away to everyone doing some sort of dramatic risk. Like, Eva looked like she was about to start crying. She really did. True guy. These girls have too many feelings. Um, well, Meatball. We made it to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. 
Um, just a reminder to everybody, our Sloppy Seconds live show is going to be on Tuesday, December 6th. It's our 300th episode, and we're celebrating with a live show at the Virgil in Silver Lake. That's and right. You know, Tuesdays are so significant for us because that's when our episodes come out. So make sure to get your tickets at sloppy300.eventbrite.com. That, again, that's sloppy300.eventbrite.com. I feel like I just checked the numbers and there were like a dozen total tickets left. Oh, good. Um, I know like one of the whole sections, like the seated section is all sold out. Um, and special guests, Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus will be in attendance. With oh, hell yeah, baby. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Um, and then also for all the divas and the dolls down in Austin, Texas, Meepo yes. is having a fat slut. I'm throwing a fat slut on December 9th. That's Friday, December 9th in Austin, Texas, happening at Cheer Up Charlie's in downtown Austin. You can buy your tickets at fatslut.com.eventbrite.com. We have an incredible lineup, including Candy Muse. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? What you just said? Fatslut.com. No, I'm literally asleep right now. Fatslut.delta.comfort plus. What if I told you? What if I told you? You're flying first class tomorrow? No, but to Texas and back from Texas, I am. Um, the lineup is Candace Schmooze, Kennedy Schmavenport, Louisiana Purchase, Lotion, Pinche Queen, and many, many more. So, babies, come out. Get your tickets at fatslut.eventbrite.com. I said I'm going right to be there, too. So... If you and if you want to come dressed up as throat. a silver leopard, if you want to feel my throat, <laughs> wow, dip. This party's about me. I know, but th- what's the title of the place? Cheer up, Charlie's. No, the title of your party. Fat slut. It's, so but it's I'm about the fat me. slut. I'm the fat slut. I'm the one with the throat. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Goodbye, Fuglies. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. To listen to Sloppy Seconds one day early, ad-free, and to watch our full video episodes, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcast.plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Editing and sound design by... William Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper... And Joe Cilio. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.